Welcome to another episode of the Redeemed Man Podcast. The goal of the Redeemed is to provide a supportive community where all men can open up about challenges, worries, and failures, and celebrate their triumphs over those struggles. We hope you find this episode informative, relevant, and most of all, inspiring. Enjoy. Welcome to another episode of the Redeemed Man Podcast. I'm Nathan DeBerry, Director of the Redeemed. And today we're going to talk a little bit more about fatherhood. Over the last few weeks, we have been in a series where we've heard from some different guys about their um, lack of father in their life, uh, then their role as father. And today I want to look at some scripture and us talk a little bit about how God's made us to um, connect with our kids and what that looks like. So a little bit of backstory. Many of you've heard some of my story, but I want to kind of dig into uh, where I am as a father. <clears throat> I have three kids, a 16-year-old son, a 14-year-old daughter, and a 12-year-old daughter. So as you can tell, uh, we are in the middle of the teenage years, and uh, it is a lot of fun, but it's also got its challenges. As you guys know, you may have young kids, your kids may be older, they may even be out of the home. But in each season with our kids, there's something different that we experience. There's new challenges and there's new joys. So um, today I want to talk a little bit about that. But my story, uh, 10 years ago, I went through a divorce. And so obviously you tell my oldest was six and my youngest was still in diapers. And I remember how challenging that was. Um, first time I went out to eat, we went to a... <laughs> A pizza buffet. And I remember going, oh my gosh, how am I going to do this? How am I going to get their plates, get my plate, sit down at the table? And then as soon as we got down at the table, of course, somebody had to go to the bathroom. And then I'm trying to figure out, all right, my daughter's got to go to the bathroom. What do I do? Do I lock the door to the men's bathroom? How do I handle this? And then what do I do with my other two kids? And those are real challenges. Some of you face those challenges. You may um, have a family that's blended. You may be a single father. Uh, you may be helping out with grandkids. Whatever that is, you probably are aware of the many challenges that we can face. And I remember how, honestly, it was terrifying in a lot of ways. Um, I'm thankful for my mom and dad and, and their influence in my kids' life, their support. Without them, I really don't know how I would have done it. It was really a tough season for me because I was going through so much emotionally and then trying to be a good father to, to three young kids. And I'll, I have to say that I definitely probably wasn't the best father in that season. But one of the things I fought for was to be present in their life. Um, I knew that I had every other weekend with them and could have Wednesday nights. Um, at one point, uh, I was not able to do that because of distance from where they were, but then was really able to, to at least see them once a week. But with that came challenges because their mom and the way she did things was different than the way I did things. And oftentimes it was very hard. And I can see why men uh, who've gone through divorce that have kids go, man, I, this is just too hard, especially for those who've gotten remarried. Because once you get remarried, then there's the dynamics of another spouse. How does that work? How do you put her first and yet love and, and support your kids and so um, it can be a crazy time. For me, I am so thankful for God's grace. He has been so good to me. And 
I was able to get remarried. I have a wonderful wife who is a phenomenal stepmom. And in our home, um, we made the choice for her not to be referred to as stepmom, but uh, by her name and, and mom in front of it, because for us, it was in their home. I wanted them to see her as the mom figure, not ever to replace their mom and her role, but when they're in the home, that she would act as a mom in the relationship to them because she was not their friend. She was going to be a parent to them, even though it may be different in a different role. So we made that decision. Super thankful for her. Super thankful for how she has parented alongside me. Kids love her. I'm so thankful for how much um, they love her. And so that's kind of my backstory, my journey. Obviously, I could talk for days about stories of my kids and how uh, their life has impacted me and how I've learned and how I've grown and how I've been fearful each season. Again, something different, a new challenge. One of the things I think that's so true for fathers oftentimes is we are either two things. We're either really harsh or we're unengaged. In Ephesians 6, 4, it says, Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. And then Colossians 3.21, fathers, do not embitter your children or they will become discouraged. And so you notice in that, it says, do not exasperate your children, do not embitter your children. And I think about how as a father, it's easy to be very um, hard on our kids with expectation, to discipline them out of um, a need for them to be mannerly and in control and for us to be able to focus on the tasks that we have at hand. And then the other side of that coin is it's easy sometimes for us to be unengaged because building a relationship with our kids is often hard and challenging. Uh, if you have young kids, you know that as a toddler, you're like, this this young lady or young man, man, all it is about what they want. I don't know how to communicate and get get them to do what I want them to do. And it really takes a lot of work, a, little, a lot of learning as a parent, a lot of reading and listening to others and trying to figure out what works. And if we're not careful because life's busy and we have our job and our career, uh, we have our spouse that we're caring for, we have maybe a hobby that we love, it's easy to just become unengaged. Sometimes we leave it to our wife. Uh, and I've seen many, many wives who've been hurt and discouraged because they feel like it's all on their shoulders. So there's two different things that we can do as men. It's and it be unengaged or we can be overly harsh. And in that, when we do it, we can discourage our kids. If you grew up with a father who was disengaged or a father who was harsh, you know how hard that was for you. You know how oftentimes you probably didn't want to listen to what he had to say. You probably hid from him. You probably had anger toward him. And so the way we overcome that is to be engaged with our kids, to be gentle, to be loving, and to do exactly what Ephesians 6, 4 says, to bring them up in training and instruction. So when we train our kids, when we instruct our kids, it's so different to be engaged, to look for opportunities to teach them the Word, to show them how to make decisions. And it's a process as they grow. There's a lot of development, especially at that early age. You're disciplining those kids a lot. At early stage, you're teaching them because they don't know what not to do or, or what they should do. And so we're doing a lot of discipline. 
the next stage you're doing a lot of training and they oh they know what they shouldn't do and now we're teaching them the why of that why are they not supposed to touch the stove why are they uh, building good relationships with their friends we enter that season and then the next season as they're teenagers it's a very different season where we really begin to develop a friendship with them. Uh, we begin the process of helping them become an adult. And so we begin to take a little bit of control off, let them have some experiences, let them make some mistakes, but we develop that relationship so they can come to us, a safe place to talk through the things that they do wrong, the things that they do right, the fears that they have. And then they can come to us and we have a good relationship. So when they step into those latter years, after they turn 18 and they begin to go off to college and they have a spouse, then they, they really truly become somewhat a friend where we can have a healthy relationship. Unfortunately, there's a lot of dads who sometimes stay in that early stage where it's just about discipline and they miss that friendship later on in life. Or they're just focused on you know helping train them as a, a high school student and they miss that next phase that they're able to step into. We've got to engage those seasons. If you're looking for a great book on that, check out the book Parenting by Andy and Sandra Stanley. Excellent book. Enjoying reading that so far. So check that out if you're looking for more resources on parenting. So with that being said, sometimes we're harsh, sometimes we're disengaged, but we get to choose each season how we approach it. Let's look at what it's like for us to be a son. So I think in order for us to be a good father, we've got to understand what it truly means to be a son of God, to understand what it means to be in sonship. Because I think when our identity and our relationship with God is healthy, then we can have a healthy relationship with our kids. So I want to look at the life of Abraham real quick and the Sermon on the Mount. Two very different passages, one from the Old Testament, one from the New Testament. But I also want to look at some some different ways that I think God, uh, characteristics of his relationship with us. In Genesis, you may be familiar. If not, there's a story of Abraham. And Abraham, God called to sacrifice his son, Isaac, son of promise. And uh, Abraham packed everything up to go and to sacrifice his son. And he was willing to do that. He was willing to go forward and God provided a lamb at just the right moment. Abraham didn't have to sacrifice Isaac. God blessed his obedience. And so there's six words that I want us to look at. The first one, I think God is relational. And I think because we serve a relational God, we've got to be a relational father. We've got to be a father that's approachable. God's approachable. We have we get to have a relationship with him. He pursues us. He pursued Adam and Eve. When they fell in sin, when they turned their back, when they were hiding in shame, God came after them and he pursues us and he comes after us. And we have to in turn pursue our kids, pursue that relationship with them. God wants to walk with us. He wanted to have a relationship with Abraham and he wants to walk with us. As you look in Matthew, Matthew chapter 5 and 6, we have the Sermon on the Mount and those chapter, chapters, and obviously in, in um, Matthew chapter 5, it starts out with the Beatitudes, if you're, if you're familiar with the Sermon on the Mount. And one of the things we clearly see is that as Jesus was teaching the Sermon on the Mount, his desire was to show that the men and women needed a relationship with God that it wasn't just about the rules that they had been following, 
but it's about knowing a, a personal and true, a living God. And so God wants a relationship with us. We need a relationship with our kids. And that takes work. God's also correcting God. See, Adam and Eve, when they were in the garden and they sinned, God, yes, there was punishment for their disobedience, but he pursued them and began the process of their salvation through Jesus Christ. He began that in the garden, and we, we see his pursuit. In the Sermon on the Mount, we see, again, this correcting, this loving God who's teaching and training and showing the people their need for him, realizing that they couldn't live up to the law. Because many people thought, oh, I, I'll follow the law and I'll earn God's favor. And Jesus is giving in the Sermon on the Mount, like, there's no way we're able to live up. We've got to have a relationship with God. And so God begins to correct us, to teach us, and to train us. And that's how we've got to love our kids. We've got to correct them. We've got to train them. And that takes us being very intentional. In Deuteronomy 6, it talks about the Word of God and how we teach our kids and carry the Word of God throughout our day and everything we do. As a father, we have an opportunity in the decisions we make the decisions regarding our money, the de- decisions we make regarding our marriage, the decisions we make regarding our friendships, our hobbies, our commitment to the local church, our giving, we get to teach and train our children just as God teaches and trains us. God's also a rewarding God. Abraham followed God and pursued God and obeyed God. And there was blessing in that. Isaac was spared, and it became a great nation of people that were beyond number because of Abraham's faithfulness. In Matthew chapter 6, it says, But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. God sees what we're doing. He sees our obedience, and he blesses our obedience, just as he blessed the obedience of Abraham. And so we need to realize that our kid needs, our children need to know that we're for them, and we need to bless them. We need to speak words of life to, over them. We need to encourage them. We need to make sure that our words are not harsh. And as a dad, the greatest thing I think we can give our kids is I'm sorry. I made a mistake. I was wrong. Will you forgive me? I don't think there's anything more powerful to a young child than to see a parent who can own their mistakes and apologize for it and make it right. God's also an understanding God. Sometimes I think we feel like God doesn't know what we're going through, but he understands completely. He understands our struggles, our pain, and yet he comes pursuing us. In Matthew 6, Eight, he says, do not be like them, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. And then he goes into the Lord's Prayer. God knows what we need, even before we ask him. But he is a relational God, so he wants us to come to him and tell him our needs, just as we want our kids. What what a privilege it is as a dad to have your child come to you and go, hey, dad, can you help me with this? Hey, dad, I need you to do this. And it makes a big difference because we want our kids to ask to pursue that relationship. We need to be pursuing that relationship with God because he understands us. The other thing our God is, is he's a forgiving God. You know, Abraham wasn't perfect. 
Abraham had made some really big mistakes. He had taken God's plan into his own hands and uh, tried to have a child his own way. It was out of God's will. Then he two times told that his wife was his sister, deceiving other people. He was disobedient. But yet God forgave and God used him. In Matthew 6, 14, For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. We're to be forgiving of our kids. Our kids are going to make mistakes. We forgive them as God has forgiven us. God has forgiven us of all our wrongdoings, all the mistakes we'll ever make. We get to extend that forgiveness to our children. And then the last thing I want us to see is that God's a God of provision. Abraham was on that mountain, and I have to wonder what his thoughts were as he was getting ready to sacrifice Isaac. I believe he knew that God was going to provide, but I still think there was probably a little bit of apprehension in his spirit. What's it going to look like? How's it going to happen? And as soon as he proceeds forward in an act of obedience, God shows that ram caught in the brush. And God provides for us to be a godly father to our kids. It's not easy, but he's given us everything we need for life and godliness. And we get to be a provider for our children. We get to provide correction. We get to provide training. We get to provide discipline. We get to provide love. We get to provide shelter. But don't miss just being a provider. Because God, ultimately, he provides for us because he loves us and he wants a relationship with us. God wants you to experience a loving relationship with him. And he provided the ultimate sacrifice for us in sending Jesus to die on the cross for us, that we could have a relationship with God, that we could know him personally. If you happen to be listening to this podcast and you've never experienced a relationship with, with God, I encourage you, get in the scriptures. But it's just as simple as believing that Jesus came and that he died a perfect as a perfect sacrifice. He became the lamb for us. We deserve the punishment because we turned against God. We've gone our own way. We've made ourselves God. But if we turn from our sin and turn to God and place our faith in Jesus, believing that he died for us and on the third day he was resurrected and he shows his defeat over death in the grave, then we can have a relationship with God. We can know God in a relational manner so that we might, at the end of the day, be the best father that we could be for our own kids. God is good. Thanks for joining us today on another episode of The Redeemed Man. We want to take just a moment to remind you about Restored, the Redeemed Men's event, a very special night of fellowship, faith building, and encouragement taking place this August at the Bib Mill Event Center in Columbus, Georgia. It will feature a keynote by Heisman Trophy winner Tim Tebow, along with inspirational messages from our ministry team here at The Redeemed, and it's all about helping men find freedom from their personal struggles by discovering the true purpose that God has laid out for them. Tickets are going fast, so go to theredeemed.com slash restored to get your tickets. The conference is scheduled for 7.30 p.m. on Thursday, August the 24th, and we hope to see you there.